And welcome once again to another episode of Stu Him Productions presents JNM Solve the World After, After Dark. Dark. I am James. And I am Matt. And with us is our illustrious guest, Andrew. Hello, folks. No crickets for you tonight. Oh, well. And oh, returning no. guest, yeah. our friend and yours, Merle. Woohoo! Uh, yeah, I, I don't even know where anything is. Oh, wait, there we go. <laughs> That's kind of like the Oscar applause. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I got the clap. <laughs> TMI, TMI. I bet your daughter didn't want to hear about that. <laughs> it's better than the crab, so we don't have to spray you when he leaves. True. <laughs> um, so you've been here, you've used a restroom, and I've got to ask, how do you like that shower curtain? I didn't even pay any attention. Ah, I was too busy trying shit. to walk in. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry. Every, everybody that goes in there, um, they always like, what the fuck? It's so disturbing. You um, ain't a kid know that. Well. See, I, I use that bathroom a lot because, you know, we got two bathrooms in our bedroom. But I don't go back there when I'm watching TV because I'm usually coming in the kitchen making a drink. I just walk in, don't even look at the shower curtain. I pee and I go away, you know. It ain't like I'm having to sit there and drop a deuce going, mm. fuck. Yeah, I, I didn't ever look over that way. Um, their neighbors, uh, Tracy, had told James that uh, he, needs to, he needs to get rid of that shower curtain because as a woman, you're always sitting down to go pee, and all you're doing is you're looking at that shower curtain. Well, um, I'm going to get another shower curtain made. Uh, that'll go in behind that one. So when oh, that one no. gets closed, it'll be oh, an even boy. worse shower curtain. Uh, no. But but they're all photos from the calendar, and you've seen I have the twenty twenty three calendar. Yeah, and he's like, "Go and remind me to shower before I come out here, and oh, not have to worry shit. about it." You keep uh, you keep it up, and I'll make sure you've got flyers in your truck. Like every time you, you'll open up a compartment, and then all of a sudden there's a picture of me. That's why I keep my truck locked. You're pretty slow, pretty sound sleeper though. Well, he's not pretty. <laughs> I never said I'm pretty. <laughs> um, okay, so tonight we're gonna get dark. Dark. We're going to get real. Well, it dark. is after dark. Guess it how is. dark are we talking here? Uh, we're going to talk about death. Mm-hmm. And who better to talk about death than our very own funeral uh, funeral director, <laughs> Merle. So, uh, <laughs> explain to our tens of listeners what exactly a funeral director does. Directs funerals. It's pretty self-explanatory, uh, isn't it? <laughs> and on that note, thanks for listening. Uh, <laughs> Join us next takes, time. For, no. Takes care of the families and makes arrangements and gets stuff together for the funerals and okay, and conducts them. Are you a mortician? Yes. Okay. 
Um, now, I, I did the research. I didn't print it off this time <laughs> because there's not a lot of research to do. But um, in the state of Missouri, because I know each state is different, is there a difference between a mortician and a funeral director? Oh, yeah. I mean, a mortician slash embalmer takes care of the bodies back in the prep rooms. Okay. The funeral director is more book paperwork okay type stuff front office type stuff yeah. and your mortician is your um your grunt if you will your your back room yeah igor if you will yeah hands on uh, dr frankenstein uh. <laughs> uh but of course i did learn this across the pond their morticians are called undertakers <laughs> yeah insert gong here um. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't know that there was a difference uh, between them all, and um, well, I think back even in the early stages of the United States, that was the the Undertaker, yeah. you know, in the small town, yeah. and he built the caskets and right, you know, but but I I think it it all changed too. If he was having a gunfight, he'd come and measured you before yeah. the gunfight, so yeah. he'd make you. In, yeah. The right size and pine box. Most, back then, most of the undertakers were furniture makers, too. Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, they had to build a pine box, so they had to have some carpenter skills. True. Unless you just built it in, you know, shop class your junior year at Buffalo High School. <laughs> hey. When I first got my bike, I, what I was really wanting to get for my license plate was Dr. Death, but it was already taken mm. by, by another funeral director slash oh. mortician <laughs> up in St. Louis. I didn't think Dr. Kevorkian was in Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think Steve Williams was in Missouri either. Yeah. Um, let's see, what could you? I mean, you, you, you obviously don't want last ride on your personal vehicle no. license plate. Um, as we talked in the previous podcast, you almost had one of those. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, I guess you could have just, like, really f- effed with people and just had Michael on your license plate. Yeah. As in the Archangel, Michael. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my, my head went to Halloween. <laughs> you I, said I was going to say, <laughs> then, then, I, then I'd have to explain it to everybody, well, which I had to explain my, because I had Rocker. But I spelled rocker, R-O-K-E-R, because somebody else had taken it. C-K-E-R? Yeah. Okay. So I had to explain that to people all the time because it was for <laughs> music-wise. Right. <laughs> Roker? Yeah, that's what, what is it. Roker? Yeah. You rap guys are all the same. Herbie, Herbie was telling me he's got his all... His funeral and everything planned out. In fact, the tombstone's already over at Star Ridge mm-hmm. and everything. But he's going to be cremated and put in a little trailer, pulled behind a motorcycle out here at Star Ridge. They're going to do the the uh, combat vets, mm-hmm. you know, going to ride, with, you know, instead of having a hearse and everything, he's going to... His urn's going to be in a little trailer behind a bike. and 
or get out here like that. Yeah. It's like that's pretty cool. So, do you know what that's called? If it's um, pulled behind a horse, it's called a caisson. Okay. Um, caissons were originally used. Kind of like Kennedy. Yes. Right now, um, caissons were generally used during the Civil War. They were used to uh, haul munitions for artillery pieces. And um, I'll have to do the research on it, but uh, Kennedy, of course, was the only the second president to be assassinated. Um, but you know, we don't know much about Lincoln, but Kennedy was a, a was a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. Much like Elvis, he was world renowned and worldly loved. Right. The Main difference, and and I I saw the documentary on it, and I did a deep dive on Kennedy's thing. Uh, at the time, uh, funerals were like more than a year's wages for average Americans. Mm-hmm. So the Kennedys were against funeral directors and everything like that. There's the um, director that brought in a casket for Kennedy when he left Dallas and they said they just wanted something simple and the guy's like, oh, this is for the president. So he brought out something like his most expensive casket and everything. And, of course, it got fucking destroyed going on to Air Force One, coming off of Air Force One. Um, Kennedy went straight to Bethesda and it was naval mortuary affairs that did anything with the body and they worked overnight to reconstruct his face and Robbie and Jackie were the only ones to see JFK Mm -hmm. uh, after uh, mortuary affairs naval mortuary affairs reconstructed his face they uh, Robbie Robbie was the first one to see it and he had told Jackie she didn't want to see it because that wasn't Jack that was in the casket. Um, but, I mean, at this point, Jackie was still wearing the, the pink outfit covered in his blood. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he said it didn't look like him. She said it didn't. So that's why... Kennedy's casket was closed and laying in state and stayed closed until this day. Mm-hmm. It's still closed. So well, I hope so. Well, I mean if it's open now, there's we're talking zombie Kennedy. I mean, according to the movie Bubba Hotep, they took Kennedy's brain and put it in a black man. There's a comedian talked about that. He said, you know, Kennedy's brain went missing between Dallas and Washington, D.C. He said, I bet there's a monkey in a basement of the White House down there going, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to throw some shit on the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the way the country's kind of red since then, it's got, it kind of seems like they're throwing shit on the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to go down a political route no, no, here. No, I, I'm not um, blaming one or another. I'm saying since then, it's kind of went that way. I mean, 
Yeah. So <laughs> we're staying quiet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have got uh, Merle. You've got a connection with uh, my co-host in crime, James, on a, um, a very personal level. You you have been uh, fortunate enough to uh, help him with his parents. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, James, uh, you mentioned something earlier about um, seeing your dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, dad passed. It was... I mean, he had congestive heart failure, and his kidneys had stopped working. And and when he, you know, last few weeks of his life, he just didn't didn't look like dad anymore. Right. You know, it was just bad. And when we went in there for visitation, and I seen him laying in the casket, he looked like he did when I was a kid. He looked like he was in his fifties, maybe sixty, mm-hmm. instead of the what I seen that last day and that was that was remarkable and like I say mom looked really good too and like I said at, at the end of the service when you played in the mood mm-hmm. I could swear I see the smile just a little smile crack on her face <laughs> you know it was they, they look you know like they could just get up and just yeah. go home with us and that's that was really comforting you know you guys done a wonderful job it was just have you ever had to do any reconstruction? Not much. They they teach us that in mortuary school, but yeah, we've we've had some done at some time, some times, but not a whole lot. I've I I myself haven't done a whole lot. My father did, yeah, quite a bit when he was doing it. So. Um, your your family had Montgomery Feeds Montgomery Beats funeral home for how long? Uh my grandfather started in nineteen forty six. Okay. Wow. And we sold sold it in two thousand eighteen, in March of two thousand eighteen. So it was sixty seventy years? Seventy. Seventy seventy two years? Yeah. Wow. So it, it's, shall we say, it's it's been a family business. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's been, been a family business forever. My father was in the Army at uh, Fort Leonard Wood, and he met my mom. Mm-hmm. And then they started dating, and then they got married, and then he got into the business. He went to Dallas to mortuary school. Him and my brother, Monty, and I all went to... Dallas to mortuary school. My brother Brett went to Kansas. Okay. To school. Oh, he just didn't didn't want to go to Texas. I don't remember what the deal was. He went he went to like a there's a community college up there that he went to. Okay. Like JUCO. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so he he did his I think it was two years that he had did up there. Well, nice. ours ours down there was a year. Okay. So. Nice. But there was quite a bit of difference between the time. I think Dad was down there in 55, 56. Mm-hmm. 
Monty was down there in 83, and I was down there in 92, 93. Wait. Because uh, I know... God, that, that had to have been, what, July of 92? I left... School started in August. No, okay. September. Started September 92 and went to August 93. Okay. Because you guys just graduated pretty much. Yeah, and because mm. I know we went and saw Pantera at Lampy, yeah. uh, which was after graduation. Yeah. And then I know Vez and I left in August for boot camp, and I could have swore you were still around. Yeah, I was. Uh, August of 92. Um. See here, you mentioned a famous wrestler that uh, you had the fortunate, unfortunate uh, time of meeting, if you will. Well, I never met him. I just knew that of him passing, and that oh, our 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 funeral home, okay, and Camdenton took care of him. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't have anything to do with it. Oh, oh, I, th- I thought like. They they brought him up here to Buffalo. No, and no, no. It was all it was all done down in down in Camdenton. Because I wonder if he still had a mohawk. I think he did. Because last time I seen him, um, his son played for the St. Louis Rams. Okay. And they showed him in the stands, and he still had the the mohawk and the sides and mm-hmm. stuff, you know. And I don't know. I never did see. Him. And if you're wondering, uh, to our tens of listeners out there, uh, we are talking about Road Warrior Animal. Or James Lorna. No. His name was John Lornitis. I think so. Yeah. I think that's right. His, his son was James. He was a middle linebacker for the Rams back in late 2000s. It was, okay. before, they, it was before they moved to L.A. Before they uh, <coughs> tucked their tails and left the great state of Missouri? Yep. <laughs> Fuck you, Stan Kroenke. Oh. And picked <laughs> off a lot of fans in St. Louis. Right. Well, but that's why the St. Louis Battlehawks XFL League uh, team is so huge. They'll probably sell out their first home game because they're, they're – oh. the, because they played two away games so far. <laughs> yeah, week uh, week three. Yeah. If I remember looking at the schedule, yeah. week three is supposed next to be weekend. the uh, the home as, opener. As we record next weekend. Yes. Uh, that would be uh, the first weekend of March. Second, uh, fourth, fifth. Uh, March 5th. 25th. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Really good. Right. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Oh, um... <laughs> So, um, as we're recording this, uh, we are all taking a stand, and we are going to go three days alcohol-free. 100% three days alcohol-free. No problem for me. Yeah. February 29th, <laughs> 30th, and 31st. There you go. Yep. <laughs> yep. Called Sober February. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, Rogan. We just can't do sober October. There, that's no. That's my birthday month. I can't do that. I had, my boss at work. Uh, his wife was like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna go uh, alcohol free in uh, February," and he had mentioned that, and I'm like, "Really? 
She chose the shortest month of the year. I never thought about that. <laughs> and I'm like, you do realize that you got Mardi Gras and Valentine's Day and the Daytona 500. Super Bowl. And the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl all in February. And yeah. it's like, uh, okay. I don't think she thought about that. <laughs> because she, it was like, oh, well, I guess on the weekends it doesn't count. And it's like, eh. Still kind of counts. Anyways, um, so what what all does it take for a person to become a mortician? You have to go to school, and then you have to do an apprenticeship, a year apprenticeship. And then uh, after the year apprenticeship, you have to go take a, another test. And then uh, they, well, when I did it, I had to take a written test. And then uh, a in-person contact with somebody. Okay. And then uh, then you get your license. That was the way it was when I did it back. By the time it was done, it was 94, into 94, 95 when I. Okay, so almost two years. Yeah, close to it. By the time uh, with everything. And what all did they go over in school? Mortuary law, chemistry, uh, anatomy. Uh, trying to think. That's been forever ago. <laughs> I've tried to forget about it. Uh, yeah, just uh, math stuff, which I hardly ever use. <laughs> just like, okay. But bit, just like the business. They did a little bit of business stuff mm -hmm. with the, for the funeral directing and stuff. Nobody had ever done that. Right. Okay. Hmm. What about the mortician end of it? Mindset? Yeah. I I mean, I've been around it all my life. Well, so. uh, okay, somebody who thinks they want to do that, what kind of mindset do they have to have? I mean, the... And the, mostly, you know, to, if, the, if they want, I mean... If you're into helping people, and I mean, it takes a certain kind of person to be able to do. I mean, to do that. Do you have to have a strong stomach to do the? Uh, pretty strong. I mean, pretty strong. I mean, it's. I mean, it. It can get bad sometimes, but most of the time, it's it's good. Um, my stomach's not very good, so I mean, it's. Sometimes I, I have problems, but most of the time it's pretty good. Okay, okay. No, I, I didn't know. You know, well, like the, I'm gonna throw out a old TV show, Quincy. You know, mm -hmm. me. Yeah. You know where there, where first thing he does is he'll throw that sheet back and two, three of them faint. Do you have to have a you know a oh strong? Yeah, a, I mean. A strong stomach, you know, to, you know, see that and not react. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you do, pretty much. It probably depends on the circumstances. Yeah, yeah it depends. Somebody yeah. just passed or if it's yeah. a bad wreck or yeah. suicide or something like that. Right. And, yeah. Well, I know, and correct me if I'm wrong here because I'm, I'm not an expert here, but, like, a homicide, it'll go through... Like uh, medical medical examiner corner corner and the police all right before you yes 
So a lot of the cleanup is done. Um, like a, a suicide, if you will. Yeah. Or do you guys like show up to the scene and we usually they you will it depends on the circumstances, but okay. majority of the time we will pick them up, go to the scene, mm-hmm. pick them up, and if they're going to do an autopsy or something like that, we will take them to where they need to go. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Kind of like on Jaws when they threw the sheet back on the girl they found on the beach, and he's like. Need a glass of water. This was not a boat accident. <laughs> you, know. Um, you know that girl had dandruff? No. Yeah, they found her head and shoulders on the beach. No. Oh, <laughs> come on. Uh, that's wrong, but it was funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow. Um, who knew? Hmm. Have you ever... Um, ended up unbeknownst walking into it. Uh, come across a family member. Oh, to where, me? Yeah, like my family. Um, no, actually, I have not. My the only time I got close to that was my grandfather when I was little. He was having a heart attack. And at that time, we owned the ambulance service, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, my brothers were having a party next to my grandparents. And they came over and actually brought him back to life in front of my eyes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Used the, the paddles, the paddles mm-hmm. and brought him back. Nice. Yeah. So, therefore, as we were talking earlier, um, clear! Clear! <laughs> Um, did, did they actually go through the whole clear? I don't even remember. That was, uh, I, I was just yeah. sitting there bawling because yeah. I don't remember how old I was, but I was probably nine or 10, I think at the time. I mean, I, I can, I can, well, I can imagine how it is as a child. Um, and you know, I, I know, I, I know a thing or two about a thing or two. Uh, that I'm not going to mention because uh, it doesn't need to be mentioned again. But um, that that's one of those things that I don't wish on anyone. Seeing seeing a person take their last breath, or yeah, be, being I don't know. I, I guess it's just different the the way that you have dealt with death. Um, pretty much kind of after the fact yeah. and like I've dealt with it first on scene or may or may not have caused it uh, in foreign countries, lands far, far away. At a time long ago. In a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> um, Across big pond. Well, yeah. It's like my brother talks about that. Of course, he was Vietnam vet, and he said he still sees faces in his yeah. dreams. You know, I know. Um, I wasn't home when they did uh, my buddy Curtis's funeral. Um, 
Now, okay, how big are standard caskets, or how big can you get a casket lengthwise? I mean, you can get them as big as you want. I mean, it just depends on the that we have oversized caskets if we've got a bigger person. Uh, so my buddy got cremated, but for visitation, uh, they had open casket. Mm-hmm. And so they just used what they had. Curtis was six foot ten. And wow. Yeah, they folded his legs oh, up. Oh, no, we would not ever do that. Yeah. No way. Well, I mean, the, you know, it was the to bottom me, half that of the casket tacky. was Right. But the bottom half of the casket was closed mm. and nobody really knew it. But I had guys that didn't deploy with us that were back here that went and talked to the director and they're like, it, he's not being buried. I mean, if, it, if, 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 if this was a casket right. he was being buried in, yes. But as soon as the visitation was over with, they took him and down and he was cremated. But, okay. um, they said, um, because for some reason they, Mortuary Affairs at Dick's um, Air Force Base didn't do what they normally do. Uh, it was the funeral home back home, and they said that they didn't do a, a very good job of because uh, he was shame. well, he he was shot in the face, well, um, and just well, reconstructing the face yeah. and everything. But well. we we heard about it at the uh, memorial over in uh, Afghanistan, and we, we all had to laugh about it because Curtis was 6'10", 285, and it's like, ah, that's what you get, you fucking big son of a bitch, you. But, I mean, but that, that's, that's the sick humor in making jokes. Like, I had a first sergeant that came in, and I was yelling at Curtis, and he was sitting down, and I'm standing up, and I'm and I'm I'm in his face. I'm five foot seven; he's six foot ten. And then first sergeant comes in and starts yelling at him because he's sitting down while I'm raising my voice. First sergeant didn't realize that Curtis was that tall, and first sergeant was shorter than me. And when Curtis stood up, he's like, "God damn, you're a big fucker!" <laughs> oh shit! So the next time that happened, Curtis was standing up, and I'm standing on top of a desk, yelling down at him. <laughs> First sergeant opens the door. He's like, just carry on. Go go about it. But, uh, <laughs> you know. It, carry on. I'm gone. Bye. It, it's, it's stuff like that that I don't, I mean, it, it's almost like you you have to separate yourself from, I mean, it, am, I, am I correct yeah. there? Yeah. You gotta be able to turn something off and then keep something on, yeah. And then go go vice versa, you know. Go straight medical <clears throat> science and no longer emotional. Yeah, I gotta say because in a small community like Buffalo, you've bound to work on people you've known. Oh yeah, all your life and friends, fam, yeah. you know. Yeah, I've, I've, I've yeah. do that all the time. So right. That's, and that's why I said mindset, you know, yeah. you know, somebody, you know, was like, oh, shit, I knew them. I, you know, I, I did this, 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 and, you know, trying to, you know, 
be professional, but not, you know, stand there and boo-hoo at them. That sounded wrong, but I think you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah. I used to not have any trouble with that until my mother passed away. And after my mom passed away, I find myself, if it's somebody I know really well, mm-hmm. I like if it's services and stuff, I, I find myself yeah. crying. Right. And stuff. And I used to not ever do that before. Right. So, I mean, sometimes it hits me harder than, than mm-hmm. others. What what do you think is more difficult, um, children or uh, older adults? Children. That's that, that's the hardest thing to do. Yes, and probably the closest I came to. But I was I'm trying to think. I don't even think I'd gone to mortuary school yet. But my I hadn't yet. My brother and sister in law had a baby that was a year and a half old that died. She had Down syndrome. Mm. And uh, she had been through a lot in her year and a half. She'd had heart surgery and right. everything. And uh, that was probably, that was the hardest, mm. hardest one to do. Damn. Wow. And I, I mean, like I said back then, I wasn't even right that certified, certified yet or, or anything right. to it. Yeah, because, you know, kids got their whole life in front of them. Yeah. That would have been 92 a, when that happened. Yeah. yeah. You know, when it's an older person, you're like going, yeah, okay, 67 might be considered young, but they've had a life. Right. But you get some 8, 10, 12, 15-year-old, 18-year-old kid, I mean, they messed out on what could be a great life, you know? I My example of that uh, is uh, Thomas Cantlin. Mm-hmm. When he was, died when he was 16. Right. And uh, That was on the bicycle, right? His bicycle. Yeah. yeah. He was an avid, avid bicyclist. Right. And my story on that is I can remember that was, it was a Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. My dad had Rotary Club met every Tuesday night out at Victorian mm-hmm. and I was out there, but the girl, the wives always sat outside out of the rotary deal, but right. they always had their own table. I went with my mom and I was sitting with my mom and I told her, like, I'm going to walk over to Walmart mm-hmm. and look at tapes, tapes back then. Right. Those yeah. before right, CDs. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and back I was, before they started censoring them at Walmart. Too. Yeah. <laughs> and I was walking across the parking lot and I heard, Hey Merle, Hey Merle. And I turn around and it's Thomas and he's riding his bike by. Uh-huh. And I always think if I had stopped him or something and said, Hey, yeah, stopped him for yeah five minutes or yeah. whatever. Yeah. What? what would have happened mm-hmm. but i always think about what he would have been okay. doing. right like if he would i'd say he probably would have gotten into i don't know if he would have gotten into the funeral business or not he was i i don't think he was in that kind of mindset i think he would have been because he's always into sports and right yeah everything i think he probably did something sports wise mm-hmm. but uh me and him were really cl- even though his mom and dad owned the funeral home mm-hmm. the other funeral home we were always 
We no, were always no, I've heard that name before. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. Oh, you're fine. My bad. Uh, but if we were friends for mm-hmm. forever, yeah, right. And that sophomore year before when he died, mm. uh, in Myra Glory's class, we both sat in the very back of the classroom and sat right next to each other mm-hmm. for yeah. that month because we started in August. Right. Yeah. And he died in September. Right. Because it was a month, almost exactly a month before I turned. Now, 16. did you guys, or I'm sorry, did the Montgomery Veeds Funeral Home take care of him? or did No, no. Uh, Cantlin's did. Oh, God. But I think they, ha- I'm not sure. I think they may have had somebody come in. And okay. Stuff. Mm-hmm. I can remember I, all, all the funeral homes around the area came in and helped with the services. Yeah. Because that was the biggest service I'd ever seen. They had it at the field house. Wow. And every every seat in the auditorium was full, and then the way they always had it set up for yeah for uh, graduation, graduation. yeah mm-hmm. seat all those seats were full. Uh, I was wow. in the I was in the choir, and uh, we we sang at it and everything. And then I can remember helping with the flowers and stuff afterwards, taking them out to the cemetery. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, but yeah, that I, I've always wondered about how he would have turned out and, and everything. Because right. I don't even think we filled that place up for our graduation. And the year that I graduated, we were the largest class in uh, Buffalo High School history at that point at two hundred and twenty. Yeah, I think we had like a hundred. I forgot how many. We you had, had. two hundred and twenty in your class. Yeah. Really? In my graduating class, we were the largest graduating class of Buffalo High School history at that point. So I thought we had a decent-sized class in Bolivar in 85 at 135. <laughs> um, we were also um, the first class in Buffalo history to have a student get an NAACP scholarship. Really? Yeah. Did you say who it was? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Amanda, uh, she was half black. Hmm. Uh, um, Do you remember that? uh, God, he worked at the radio station in the morning. He was from Bolivar. John Uh, Casebeer. No, uh, Knickerbocker. No, I didn't know him. He he was uh, taller, long, straight hair. If you ever watch the show on MTV on Sunday nights, the young ones, four British teens that live together. <laughs> I know what you're about. Yeah, yeah, Neil, the yeah. long hippie. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what this Knickerbocker kid looked like. And if I'm not mistaken, Amanda got an NAACP scholarship. Hmm. But I mean, the time frame and and not saying it's right or anything like that, but it, the time frame. Oh yeah. In Buffalo, there <clears throat> there was not that many black families. No. No. Um. Now, okay, you guys, you guys had the funeral business, but you and your dad restored vehicles, or I didn't built? do very many. That was. Pretty much before my time, but him and my two brothers did quite a bit. Yeah. I think over, I th- we were counting the other day, actually. 
and I think over the years, Dad redid about 80, 80 cars. Right. Because you guys had a DeLorean at one time, didn't yes. you? And I wrecked it. Wow. <laughs> On Kearney Street. Oh, my God. <laughs> On a Friday night. Oh, shit. Did you, did you reset the timer to go back a few minutes so you could I wish I that? could have, yeah. <laughs> there was no flux capacitor in that one. Didn't have any fuel. Oh, yeah. Didn't have the Mr. Fuel. That's that right. Yeah, yeah, you could just put a banana peel in there and go. <laughs> that was a bad deal, too. I was I had my driver's license three weeks. Talked to my mom and dad and let oh, me take shit. the car out. And then uh, me and two other guys were in the car just cruising around. We'd stop and just talk. Who was sitting people. on whose lap? No, nobody. There was a center console. and there was, oh. I, don't know, I don't know how they managed that, <laughs> but I was like, okay. Because that's a two-seat car. <laughs> but that was an awesome car because goal wings. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We don't, we'd, we had the doors open most of the night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I ran the gun shop down in Tennessee, uh, we were coming back from a thing we did in Denver. And God, where the fuck did we stop? Oh, no, we were on our way to Denver. We stopped like in Columbia. Um, uh, there's that gas station by Mid America Harley Davidson. Um, if you're traveling west, it's like the first Columbia exit. If you're traveling east, last, whatever. But our RV, black rifles all over it because we were a gun manufacturer as well. And we're filling up, and this car, this truck rolls up with a DeLorean on the trailer completely done back to the future style and yeah the the guys like flipped out and they were fucking getting pictures on the inside and they're like whoa look at me i'm marty mcfly yeah do you remember that sterling car we had this black four-door it was an english-made car i don't think so i didn't know if i had that that car speedometer said 150 on it and it did all of 150. <laughs> mm. uh, 150 kilometers for yeah. any law enforcement that's out there. Yeah. yeah. 150 kilometers <laughs> an hour. Um, uh, so you're, you guys, because I remember hearing about the DeLorean. Now, did you guys rebuild that Grand Prix that you had? Yes. And then you guys did a truck. Uh, we, we redid several. I'm trying to remember what all the, all the ones we did. Well, that, the Dodge, the first Dodge truck I had was a rebuilder. Yeah. That we redid. I mean, and that's. So is that what you were doing? It was buying crashed rebuilders or. Yeah. yeah dad yeah. would go. We'd either buy them out at the Buffalo Auto Salvage or. Mm-hmm. There was a place up in uh, Quincy, Illinois that Dad right. liked to go into. That was where he bought the, I think he bought the DeLorean up there. Like Kevin's talked about, they used to buy, when Dale was alive, they'd go up to Quincy quite a bit and buy rebuilders up there yeah. and stuff. And yeah, it was the same place, yeah. Fergie's. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, well, when we got that DeLorean, when Dad was rebuilding it, we found a, he was trying to, because it's all stainless steel parts, yeah. uh, found a, guy up in detroit that had parts mm-hmm. so him and mom and i drove up there well while we were up there 
dad decided we'd go across into Canada and eat breakfast. Well, getting into Canada, we were fine. They didn't stop us at yeah, all. On the way back, back they're looking at all these stainless steel DeLorean parts yeah. and would not let us. I forgot how long we sat there, but we sat there for a while waiting to to uh, get back into the country. Now, did that car, it was stainless steel, did it have any kind of clear coat on it or anything, or yeah. was it just a bare stainless steel? Just a bare stainless steel. Yeah. So, wow. uh, funny Canada story, if you will. Uh, my father, back in the 70s, uh, was running uh, trucks. He, uh, I thought you were going to say moonshine there for a second. No. Well. Uh, over the road trucker. And um, he carried a 25 caliber. Going into Canada, didn't think anything of it. They go to check the truck. Mm-hmm. They find the gun. They can't figure out how to unload it. They give the gun back to my dad to have him unload it. I think that's funny as hell. My pops, nah, he doesn't necessarily think it was funny because uh, he did spend a night in jail. But uh, just just the fact that the Mounties gave the gun back to him. Hey, we can't figure out how to unload this. Will you do it? Yeah. Okay. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> it's unloaded. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, a uh, just a big discombobulated, you know what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I could go off on a tangent on that, but that's not what we're here for <laughs> right now. The, so, go ahead. I'm just trying to think. Did you did you guys ever do any uh, service members? Like during the, uh, the yes, G-Watt era? Um, we did one. Uh, uh, I call him a kid because he was a kid. Yeah. Uh, he died over in Afghanistan, and they mm-hmm. brought him back. And that was during the whole Westboro yeah. group. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the service at the funeral home, and the Westboro group came over, and they were sitting over in Holt's Monument Company across the street. Yeah. And we actually brought the family in through a back door so they didn't have to see all that. And then uh, at that time, John Maddox was the police chief. Okay. And, uh, yeah, police chief. He had a, they were, the police were all there and everything. And the Westboro people had their signs up and everything. And uh, there was a semi truck that was coming through about that time. And he actually stopped the truck and had him shut the engine off and said, oh, you're having uh, engine problems right where the Westboro people couldn't see. Yeah. And uh, they got mad. And then our neighbor in the big house across the street from us, he was uh, he was a Marine. And uh, he didn't <laughs> like it at all. And he was an older gentleman. And oh, he, yeah. he was, he, had, he actually had his guns out and was. Yeah. Was ready to go over and start stuff with them. Yeah, no clean house. Yeah, but that, I, I'm, I'm, from what I can remember, that's the only one that we actually had. And yeah. that was in like 2004 or five. I went by Pitch Funeral Home in Bolivar, and. 
they were having a military funeral, but what was the biker group name that would come help defend? Patriot Guard. Okay. There was the Patriot Guard, the CVMH. They were all out there, yeah. lined the street. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they weren't blocking any traffic, but they were right. lined the street but between the funeral home and everything there, so the Westboro bucks couldn't right. get in there. Yeah. It's like, ooh, when, that's um, pretty cool. Yeah. One of my guys, uh, David Weir. I think there were some Baca members and stuff in yeah. there, too. And yeah. Well, yeah. When <laughs> David, David got brought home to Cleveland, Tennessee, he was the first uh, citizen of Cleveland to die in armed conflict since Korea. So, of course, Westboro was there because this was um, 06. Hmm. So, Westboro was down there, but they had the Patriot Guards, and it was the first time in the history of Tennessee that the big three, quote-unquote, outlaw motorcycle clubs banded together. Mm-hmm. And they gave David's hearse and everybody in the procession uh, an escort to the uh, cemetery. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, they basically shut down parts of the interstate, and there were bikers lined the overpasses, bikers lined the roads. You did not. Like, the family did not see that. Mm-hmm. Um, 2017, there were uh, a couple of fallen that were brought back to Fort Campbell. And Fort Campbell is different than any other military installation because it actually straddles the state line of Kentucky and Tennessee. The post office is on Kentucky side, so it's all Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Well... A couple of fallen got brought back home, and um, again, the one percent clubs and the Patriot Guard and everybody else lined the road, and there were dump trucks that lined the road that kept the Westboro Baptist Church because they could not come on, even though Fort Campbell is open to the public. Mm-hmm. They were not allowed on Fort Campbell. And then all the businesses along 41A would not allow the quote-unquote trespassing. And As well as, yeah, right. Well, and it, it's just dipshits wanting to get their 15 minutes of fame. Yeah. Because uh, it, it, the, the guy that started the whole Westboro Baptist Church... Uh, you know, uh, God hates gays and gays will burn in hell and military is full of gays and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it came out that that guy loved to puff on the Peter. That's usually the way it works out. Say that again. It, it, it came out that the guy liked to puff on the Peter. Oh, well, my fucking <laughs> hypocrite. Anyway. What? He had, he had chin nuts a few times. Um, okay what is and I know it's a somber thing but what is the most fun 
you ever had doing a funeral mm. or or the coordination of a funeral? Try to think. Probably the best one was uh, my dad, the music in the, it was a younger person. And the family had, uh, oh, it's a, come on, ride the train. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. When that song came on, my father's eyes were big as grapefruit. Because <laughs> he was like, I cannot believe we're actually playing this song. <laughs> but and they had a good time. I mean, it, it was more of a celebration. Celebration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went to one at the United Methodist Church. Uh, well, I'm still a member there, but back when we were going all the time, one of our members passed away. He was in the choir. He was a nice guy, but everybody knew he was gay. They had the funeral there at the church. I can't remember his name now. Anyway, we walk in there. Well, we're standing, up, we're standing outside visiting with some people, and this dude comes walking up. Full fuzzy blouse thing. Oh. Wearing basically yoga pants and high boots and okay, got okay. the hair going, you know. Mm. And I'm going, okay, what are we getting into here? You know, we went in and I'm looking around at the crowd going, whoa. <laughs> you know. Very, and, and this very guy flamboyant. this guy belonged to a Hertz Club. Mm. You probably know who I'm talking to. A hearse club. They all own hearses. And oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Okay, yeah. okay, sorry. And so they had the funeral and everything. He was cremated and everything. Just had his urn sitting up there. And then when they started playing the music, I think the last one was a Fleetwood Mac song or something. And you've seen some of the older people going, what the hell is this? This ain't, this ain't church music, you know? And I'm going, right on, man. <laughs> you know? But we left there to say, okay, if God hates gays, then lightning didn't come down on this building today. I think we're okay. Yeah. You know, and we had, we went over across the street or across and had food and everything. And there was like some goth people there and the hearse people and the gay people. (laughs) It was was just an odd funeral, you know. But it's like, and it, and it was more like you say, more like a celebration or something. Yeah. You know? I mean, you look at the black funerals down in like New Orleans and stuff. I mean, they celebrate the. Oh, life. the the jazz. Yeah. Oh yeah. You yeah. know they're 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 marching and they're crying, but they're yeah. happy. Oh yeah. Because they're celebrating this person's yeah. life instead right. of like we do, where we mourn ourselves to death, then we go drink too much afterwards. I know when my brothers and I uh, sat in the funeral home gone over uh my mom's like obituary and mm. everything like that i look over at the lady several times and she's trying very hard not to laugh because of course we we have a sick sense of humor mm. and we're making fun of this that and the other and we're, we're making my younger brother and i are making fun of my older brother because his son's Spelling of his name. His son's name is Joseph. There's a Z in there. Mm. 
Okay. Joseph. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's just going back and forth, and we would tell stories about our mom, and just looking at the lady, she's writing everything down. She's trying to get the obituary together, uh, what we need to have done, what newspapers need to have the obituaries put in them, and you just see her trying like very hard to stay straight faced because she's just dying laughing and it's like man i don't know if you were here or not but it was after band practice one day it was all down at mom's house and mom always like especially on the sunday band practice she'd always cook for us you know oh, we'd have yeah brown beans or potato soup or pot roast whatever uh, or god forbid we have breakfast yeah. but we were all down there and of course we'd been drinking at band practice and everything and amanda was what? there Oh, she had to let that out. I didn't hear enough. <laughs> but we were playing a card game or something, and we were just getting loud and obnoxious, and my mom goes, well, this party's getting kind of rough. I think I need to take my panties and go home. <laughs> and we all just stopped and fucking died. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's... I, and I'm sure Because mom would never say boo to a goose. Yeah. Unless she was really pissed off. And then, yeah, you know, you, <laughs> but just for that to come out, I, just like, mm-hmm. wow, okay. <laughs> well, and that, and that brings me to a point that, and I'm sure, um, you know, we, we've all thought about it. And you've probably, uh, Merle, come face to face with it. But it's just, it, there's certain things that we don't want to think older people do. Right. You know, um, how do you think you got here? No, 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 no. Oh, no, I'm, I'm talking like that. Clo- <laughs> I was thinking that clothing, clothing wise. Right. Because when we were younger, we thought 50, 60 years old was old. Oh my 40. God. You're fucking old. And now that we're like around that age, it's like, you know, Seeing somebody your age wearing a thong. Right. Okay. That, that you wouldn't think anything of it. But as, as a as a kid. Right. As a 20-year-old or so, seeing a 50-year-old. Now, I'm not going to say 40 because there was a couple 40-year-olds who may or may not have uh, been picking up on high school boys. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, There's some hot 50-year-old women out there. Um. Hot 60-year-old women out there. I don't know if you've seen Jamie Lee Curtis lately. Yeah. But she still looks fucking good. Yeah, mm-hmm. she does. And, and we've talked about it on previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. The greatest paused movie theme of... <clears throat> movie scene of all time. Trading, Trading places. places. Get I'm you a good that. look. Because the rent's not the only thing that you pay for around here. Yep. Something to that effect. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. But Jamie Lee Curtis, in, in my opinion, uh, not to get completely off subject, but oh, why not? she's, in my opinion, she's always looked better with short hair. Mm. Um, the, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what it is, but she is a, she is a beautiful woman. And oh yeah, I've got to point this out. 
March 18th, I am getting a photo and an autograph from a Miss Cassandra Peterson. Oh, Elvira. Well, Elvira's been retired. Well. But it's Cassandra Peterson. But yes. Okay. And big sexy, big daddy cool, Diesel. (laughs) Kevin Nash himself. Well. I hope you have a box to stand on. Yeah. Okay, Statlider. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's only he's only a foot and three inches change. taller than you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, he might have shrunk a little bit. Well, I mean, he did have knee surgery. Mm-hmm. So. Um. What uh, did you always? I mean, was it like predetermined that you were going to follow in the family business? No, or? I at the time I really I didn't think I would do that. I was leaning more towards music wise. Okay. Toward what? Music wise. Okay. Okay. Like, uh, I was into opera. Okay. Pretty big. When I oh, high school. that's right, Phantom yeah. of the Opera. Family opera stuff. Yeah. I was in a, an opera up in Springfield <clears throat> my senior year. Okay. Um, but then I was working at the funeral home too, mm-hmm. part-time. But in 92, dad's like, okay, you need to figure out what you're doing. It's either school or mortuary school or doing something else. And so I, at the time, was like, okay, mortuary school. <laughs> Don't know a little bit about it already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's when I uh, decided to go down to Dallas and I met a buddy or I met a friend that he was getting ready to go to mortuary school. His parents owned a, or his family owned a funeral home up in Warsaw uh-huh. in Lincoln. And uh, he was getting ready to go, but he was going to go down to like Houston or someplace. And I talked to him I'm like, hey, why don't you come to Dallas and we'll split expenses and all that stuff so uh he ended up going there too so okay but uh yeah it wasn't my first choice <clears throat> but oh man Merle so so we're looking for a vocalist i mean we are my voice is not that good anymore <laughs> well, we, we play metal so it yeah matter. Not true. <laughs> we're not we're not doing well we did do a couple uh Judas Priest songs, but you don't have to hit all those notes. Uh, I couldn't hit one. <laughs> I hate to tell you. No, we only did one. Yeah, we only did one. And you sang that one. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't get those high notes like you did. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, living After Midnight's not that. Yeah, yeah, Living After Midnight's not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like Screaming for Vengeance. No. Or Painkiller, Andy's favorite song. Yes, that's my my favorite. I don't know what it is, but I, I love that song. If we could only find a drummer. That's it. Out of our tens of listeners, if you know a drummer that lives in Bolivar, Buffalo area, let us know. It doesn't matter if they're a convicted felon as long as it doesn't involve... Karen. I was going to say... Human stuff. I mean, well, well. S- selling <laughs> selling All drugs right. is okay. Killing a person is okay, but uh, 
Anything else? No pedophilia. Yeah. I'll just I may throw have, it out you there. Know, said that before I should. Now, anyway. okay. So, being as you, you said that, and, and it sparked something in my, in my head here, and oh, I don't no. know why. This could go on Did for a while. they go over, like, necrophilia? Oh, no. We don't go through any of that. Okay, so they, they, they automatically assumed yeah. that nobody was that twisted. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I had to mention it because it's obviously a thing. Sam Kennison talked Sam about Kennison it. talked about it. <laughs> oh. Um, you know what? All right. I'm going to let that echo. <laughs> Andy? Thank you, kind sir. So have you got, ever had the urge, though, to get back into doing some singing or anything? or? Oh, every once in a while. Uh, I mean, besides in the shower? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, like I said, my voice is just not, I used to, in school, I took voice lessons in mm-hmm. high school and stuff, but it's just me, 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 me. too much smoking and, and drinking has done my voice right. pretty much. Well, that's why you tune down. And <laughs> well, I mean, anything is possible. Yep. Yeah. Vince yeah. Neil can sing again. Who? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> the latest Neal. video I seen okay. with John Five, Vince was sounding better than he had in a long time. It, uh, it wasn't great, but apparently he, he was actually not. Taking a breath in between every word. Well, apparently there's a hell of a backing track. Oh, okay. And the... Um, so he's lip syncing. What was it? The Bad Habits? Mm-hmm. The girls from... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Apparently they're doing a lot of singing. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and from what I hear, Vince is singing to himself. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, he had a... He had a a monitor up there with all the lyrics during the shows with Def Leppard. So, I mean, I, I could understand if he hadn't sang those songs for 20 years because we had to relearn our CD. But Singing and playing are two different things. Right. You can listen to a CD and, and, and get the lyrics back again. Pretty right. Quick. Yeah. Right. You can, cause you can sing along with that. Right. You can't play if you don't know what key you're playing in. You you kind of can't play along with it. Or where'd this start? <laughs> exactly. But salut, salut, salut. Nicked up the gods. Yes. Um. So do you ever do you ever sing karaoke just for the shits and grins? Oh yeah, yeah. I used to go up to friends. Yeah, karaoke a lot. Mm-hmm. 
and seen. Uh, it's, but it's been been a couple of years since I've done that. So we've got uh, a very amazing karaoke machine out there mm-hmm. with monitors and mains and subs and uh, <laughs> I can power amps and fog uh, machine. And yeah. Oh yeah! Oh fuck yeah! I was gonna say fog smoke, machine. But, you know, fog machine. Yep. Oh yeah! It's great. I mean, our, our music doesn't not have the lyrics, but we. We mix it to where your voice comes over. Yeah. You know. And, and and your voice will have effect on it. Unlike a karaoke bar to where there's no effect. On Not an auto tune. Yeah. Not an auto tune. Just a little bit of reverb, a little bit of, you know. Echo. Just just give it a little fullness, you know. Of course, yeah. Yep. Um, we do that. that no, some, sometimes we have just sporadic karaoke nights we'll be out here and sitting around the table in there and Mandel will be down here and she'll have about two of her Mike's harder cranberries cranberries and she's like I feel like singing alright we'll go out there and fire up the PA system and okay. hook up Amazon Music or Apple or whatever mm-hmm. and thank God your wife can sleep through anything mm-hmm. because she's usually out there with us for a while yeah but Until she uh, says it's time to go. I know since you got your extra amp and I got my amps, plural, uh, it gets pretty loud. Yeah, you can. Yeah, but then again, if we're also too, if it's too loud, you're too old. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Joe Louis. He beat Joe Lewis's ass. Joe Lewis. There they go. Every time somebody bring up boxing, some white guy got to bring Rocky Marciano out the ass. He did beat Joe Lewis's ass. <laughs> Joe Lewis was 116 years old. Fuck you. Fuck, fuck you. you. Fuck you. Who's, Who's next? next? God, I love that movie. I don't know how many times I've used that. Fuck you. Who's next? We had a guy uh, re-enlist in Afghanistan, and for a moment of time, when you re-enlist, you're no longer in the military, and then you re- retake your oath of office, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, is there anything you would like to say? And the only person I've ever seen take full advantage of, quote-unquote, being out of the military, he sat there. And they're like, do you have anything you would like to say? And he's like, yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. Let's get this shit done. <laughs> and I mean, and, and, that, and then he raised his right hand and he right. read, uh, you know. Uh, but I just thought like, of all fucking places to say that, around a bunch of dudes with loaded fucking weapons. Well, <laughs> hey. Nah. Maybe I may not have done that. But that's just me. Um, But on that note, I think we have uh, beat this horse dead and into submission. (laughs) We've done tenderized it. Yes. Uh, And then some. It's time to take it to the dog food factory, if you will. About to the point of carving it up for steaks or, you know, uh, Fido. Or the glue factory. Yeah. Uh, but you have yeah. just listened to another episode of Stu Ham Productions Presents. JM Solve the World After Dark. See you, oh, folks. Yeah. I've been James. And I have been Matt. 
And on behalf of Andrew and Merle, you keep one fist in the gold, one foot in the gutter, and we will see you later. Bye-bye. Bye.